When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, in a rematch of Super Bowl teams, and uh, the L.A. Rams and Cincy Bengals brawled in a combined practice so much while the coaches decided to call it a day. Pittsburgh's own All-Pro Aaron Donald reportedly, and I, I saw the film, he was swinging a couple of Bengals helmets around in one of the skirmishes. So, And there's no news on whether or not there was a player wearing the helmet at the time he was windmilling the helmet. So that dude is so strong. But Bengals head coach Zach Taylor said it got a little scuffly. <laughs> so we just called it <laughs> scuffly. scuffly. Max, have you ever had a scuffly joint practice with anybody? Uh, no, I have not, Wolf, and I think for this very reason, because we were already the scuffly type before we even <laughs> got to it. Could you, I mean, just think about this. I mean, our offensive line at, at, over the years, you, you know, yes, we had, I, I felt like, the, the, you know, my favorite offensive line was definitely my, my brothers I grew up with, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was Chris Kibiatu, it was Justin Hartwig. It was Willie Dar- Cologne and Darnell Stapleton. I mean, our Super Bowl Forty Three line. I mean, because we, we were all around the same age. But I mean, the best offensive line obviously was with Jeff Harding's, Alan Fanica, Marvell Smith, Kendall Simmons uh, when we won Super Bowl Forty. But I mean, I couldn't have imagined going. The practice with Marvell and them probably would have been a little bit more conservative. But then again, you know. I think about my rookie year and Chris Hoke and Kedrick Vincent getting into a fight in practice and oh, yeah. Kedrick just absolutely just walloping Chris Hoke and blood coming out of his nose. Um, and, <laughs> and Coach Coward just – he couldn't even blow the whistle fast enough. It was like in shock and everybody just kind of froze in time. Right. Um, but I couldn't imagine if, if, it, was, if it was Willie, Chris <laughs> – I'm, I'm sitting there. There's two scuffly dudes. We got to a fight with each other. Well, yeah, think we about this. We got to a fight with each other. Yeah. <laughs> but think right. about this. Your man, Willie Cologne and Ton Chilkin. They are the two of the most scuffly dudes I've ever oh. been around. You know, just being oh. around them gets you in trouble. You know what I mean? Because, yeah, you know. Love you, contact. Just yeah, love and, an altercation. And you got to take care of your boys. You watch their back. And they're going to get you in situations where, yeah. I mean. It, it just is – it's it's funny how it turns out. But anyhow, here's the thing that, that gets me. I know with the lack of preseason, uh, yeah, joint practices are a good way to get some good work in. But, you know, I you go back to Zach Taylor – or, I'm sorry, Sean McVay, and he told the reporters he wasn't sure what caused the fights. Well, 
Let me suggest that maybe <laughs> nearly 200 alpha males sitting around in different uniforms gonna, is going to create some friction when you start to go live. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, no, you don't need no, anything we'll, more than that. Well, take it deeper. There's friction, and this is the two teams that last played an NFL game for a yes. Super Bowl. Excellent. Yeah, there's a lot of salty feelings there. <laughs> if I had to, if I had to go see the Green Bay Packers after we lost Super Bowl 45 in practice, <laughs> I listen. I'm fighting everybody. Over. You stole my ring. You stole my trophy. Are you kidding me? Yes. I don't need it. Coach, coach, I don't care what play you call. All I know is the guy that lines up from me is, is getting beat up. I, I, it doesn't matter. Pass pro, run play, play action, draw. No, everything is all smoke, coach. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got some feelings to kick out of my way, especially guys that played on the team last year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was bad from the moment you agreed to it. Once you said, yep, let's do it, bad things were going to happen. <laughs> bad things were going to happen. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, it's not like it's not like going two teams from a different place and hey, we see each other every every four years, right? You know, it, it, you know, like it was the Cowboys and the Bengals or the Rams and like the Jets. Like it's not that. No, this is the Rams Bengals. This was literally just Super Bowl in L.A. The last NFL regular season game that we watched, <laughs> and it was a competitive, very very visceral game. And then now you're saying, you know what? We should go practice against each other. You know, let's just <laughs> go stuff, rub it in their face. They've had a whole offseason to, to get over it. Guarantee, right? guarantee somebody wore a ring to practice. Guarantee somebody had a ring. And it was like, man, thanks for that ring, homie. <laughs> That's all it was. That's all you had to say. There's something to do. Hey, man, appreciate the bling. Now we're fighting. Now, 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 now you're like Pigpen. It's just, it's just dust bowls around you the entire time. Game on, baby. Game on. You know, it's funny because – Hey, well, let me ask you first. Have you ever been in a joint practice with anybody? No. We, we, you know what? Coach Cower didn't believe in it. And uh, so we never did it with Coach Cower. Um, and then with Coach Tomlin, we never did it. Um, we never had a joint practice while I was there. You know, um, we did so, yeah. in Chuck's day. All right. In the latter part of the 80s, we went to Carlisle, PA, to scrimmage or joint practice with the Wash Skins, now known as the Wash Commanders, uh, you know, as Myron used to call them back in the day, the Wash Skins. Hey, 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 it's the Wash Skins. You know, we, we practiced with them there. And by the way, Carlisle, PA, is the home of the War College for Army, where my son uh, graduated from. He graduated from the War College there and actually got the leadership award for his class wow. there. Yeah. Yeah, my you know awesome. Kyle yeah, Kyle Jacob. He yeah. wears he wears leadership like water wears wet, man. I mean, he's he's a pretty solid dude. I'll tell you, I'll say that about my boy. He is something. But anyhow, no, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But uh we went there and we 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 had the joint practice and I'll never forget. If you remember the name Carlton Hasselrig. And unfortunately, Rig has passed away, but uh great player for the Steelers uh from Altoona. Um, or Johnstown was it? I'm sorry, Johnstown. I think it was. And uh, anyhow, his first year, he played as a nose tackle. Now he was a six-time heavyweight uh, champion wrestler, and uh, never played college ball. But he tried out, and they they put him on the practice squad as a nose tackle. And then the next year, decided to move him to the offensive side of the ball and played guard. Now Rig had only had a couple weeks practice, and he was you know very very rudimentary in his his uh, 
pass protection skills and everything, but he had tremendous balance and body strength, and his core was unbelievable. He actually went on to fight in some of the uh, you know MMA stuff after he retired from football. But anyhow, we're there. Tunch and I do our one on ones because you know we're the older guys, and the older guys you go you know start with them. You do some one on ones with the Redskins guys, and so. Yeah, we're, we're we're standing back now. We finished, and now the younger guys are coming up. And so Rig gets up there with the first round draft pick that year of the uh, Washskins, and he gets up there and he goes one on one with the guy. He doesn't really know what he's doing. This guy is like he's six five, like three fifteen, big guy and everything. And and and, and Rig just kind of clamps on him, does a dosy do with him. As soon as the guy gets off balance, he slams him to the ground. Now, you know how it is. Yeah. As around the one-on-ones, you got the coaches, you got the scouts, you know, you got all the all your peers, and all of a sudden there was this giant sucking in of air as 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 you know, the Steelers are look, we're we're watching Rig just dis, dismantle this guy. And so this the Redskins guys get up and go, "Hey, you know, let's go again. You know, we got we got to do this again. That was a mistake." Well, second round, boom. He gets off balance and Rig slams him a, a second time. Well, then they, they he gets up and he's now he's ticked off and he smacks Rig right in the head. And I turned to Tunch, I'll never forget. I said, This is going to end badly for that dude. <laughs> and Rig went in and double legged him and slammed him a third time. Got three slams and two pass rushes. I got to tell you, that was pretty amazing. I've never seen that before. Yeah, see, and, and, and this is why we don't do joint practices. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you for that PSA. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. it, it's, it's like when you go into a bar and you see the little dude that's like swollen. You're like, you forget that that guy could possibly be an MMA fighter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And then the big dude gets his butt whooped. I see those videos all the time. And I'm just, I always laugh at those. I'm like, why did you think at some point, just because you were taller than them, that you were going to right. uh, beat this dude up? I mean, how many times do we see that where it just underestimates but you know, I mean that—that's—that's that's what I feel like is is the issue, especially when you have teams that have a recent history. Like it's different if there's no connection to the team. But you literally good point. put the Super Bowl squads against each other in camp. Like the the the, the emotional healing has not even begun to happen for for the Bengals guys, right? <laughs> right. And and the LA guys are going are going to have have some pettiness to them. And let's face it. And you put Aaron Donald in the middle of that. I saw a picture from that yesterday. Aaron Donald had two Bengals helmets in his hand. And he was ready to strike. There was you know, no bo- like, there I'm was like, no bodies attached to him though, right? It, it, just to make no, no. sure. Okay. Well, at that at that moment when the photo was snapped, <laughs> I'm sure prior there was. And when we talk, and we've also we've kind of chronicled over here, even though we don't cover the Rams, but Aaron Donald's training methods, what he does, he works in martial arts, he works with Kali. Right. And I'm like, that's the last dude I want to have objects in his hands <laughs> yeah. because he knows how to use them. You know what I'm saying? And you just yeah, gave him an additional reason to want to want to use said weapon. This isn't Miles Garrett holding a helmet. This is this is this is somebody who's trained with objects in his hands. Uh, you know, professionally <laughs> as a as a skill set in a discipline, it's a different yes. it's a different animal right there. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, for whatever reason, I, I kind of. Recognize, you know, I talked about the fact there were Super Bowl teams. I didn't think about the animosity that would be all over the place. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, you you hit well, it. You right said Rams Bengals. I was like, I already know what this is. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, hey, I, just grab your popcorn if you're there at the field that day. <laughs> just grab your popcorn. That's. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. You know, no. I got to tell you, you know, and I, uh, to me, joint practices are just the. 
you're going to have these issues. And everywhere that they've had them, they've had issues with fights breaking out. Now, again, the, it's alpha males. You got you had that, yeah. that thing going on. Um, now you got the throwing in, of course, the animosity over losing the Super Bowl. That's another huge thing. Um, to me, I think you just got to keep it in house to go and scrimmage other other teams. I don't think to cross me, country. Yeah, it's not like hey, that's you're true. Like, we're, we're a bus ride away, and yeah. we'll meet at, at 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 agreed upon location, and that's why I enjoy Friday Night Lights, Wolf. Right there. Thank you. True. <laughs> Thank yes. you for letting me know that Friday Night Lights is our version of joint practices, uh, and I'm happy with those. Because, like you said, you don't get these. Now, now, granted, the Cardinals went to the Titans because they're playing the Titans this weekend. Right. Um, But they only had one because they knew both their teams are kind of dinged up. So I think they actually had a practice that was more formidable as far as bearing fruit, as far as getting some stuff done to help your team competitively before the matchup. I'm good with that. But like you said, flying cross country and like you said, the background between these two teams. yes. Is something that you, you I mean, I, I get it, Zach. You want you, Sean McVay. The Sean McVay tree is immense. And listen, if you have a cup of coffee with Sean McVay, you're probably going to end up being a head coach. I get that. And, and there's a lot of fervor for that. But at the end of the day, I mean, sometimes you just got to say, you know what? May, this probably isn't the best thing for us guys. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> yes. maybe not all invitations you need to hit yes on. <laughs> just <laughs> hit a maybe. And then really, really, you mean decline, but you're trying to be like amicable about it. Like, I just hit maybe on there. I'm not going to put a full out no, but don't hit yes. Don't no. hit yes. No, no, not, not I, in that situation. I just, I just don't like it. I've never liked them. You know, when we went and scrimmaged with the, the, uh, with the now the commanders, I should probably get hip and use the the just, just keep just keep saying the Washington or you can say the Washington team. Yeah, just the Washington, Washington team. team. The then, Washington. Then you, don't, you don't have to worry about the mascot. Yeah, there you go. So we so, scrimmage Washington. They, they could have been the Wash Gators. I mean, think about it. If you got a Gator in Pennsylvania, and then, and then Wally, then Wally Gator could have been your mascot. You could have hired him out. Have you, let me ask you something. Have you ever eaten Gator? I mean, I got to tell oh, you, absolutely. Yeah, it's tasty. Tastes like chicken, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. You know, we have a place here called Papa Do's, which is a Houston-based franchise. But they, they do Cajun food, like, you know. Ooh. And so I always have to get the gator bites as the appetizer. And my kid's like, oh, oh you're eating man. a gator. What kind of sauce it? you put on it? Because that, that it, sounds really like, good. It's like a remoulade type sauce, like what oh. you use for crab cakes. Okay. Kind of like a remoulade yeah, type sauce without, yeah, without yeah. the pickles in it. And it's got a little bit of spice, yet it's tangy. And creamy, so I, I definitely, I definitely am a fan of the remoulade um, when when you're when you're eating gator. Um, I know it's sacrilegious being being a Florida gator, but listen, you know, hey. you got to try it to understand it. We, we are That's we are right. tasty, apparently. Um, <laughs> the, the, I digress, but no, but I think when you look at it, like I get the premise of why you want to create a controlled environment, right, to be able to create stress. That's what coaches do. We we've talked about it, right. You know, coaches will put you in situational football. Coaches will will try and, you know, get on you to get a different outcome, to figure out what type, what makes you tick. And this is just another version of that for coaches is that let's put them in a stress environment, but it's a controlled environment, right? It's not every single snap. It's not win and lose. There's not a clock and referees and everything. This is drills and, and, and different situations where we can kind of mimic it, but we have a stopping point, right? You guys aren't going to the ground. You know, we can stop it to a point. It's a nice thud against somebody that's not going to be your potential teammate. But at the end of the day, you realize it's still grown men, testosterone, and pads, and violence. So yeah. when you put all those things together, you have to imagine 
there's going to be a version of it because for them, it's no, it's no harm, no consequence, right? That's right. I don't have to go back to the locker room with that guy afterwards. <laughs> you know, like Hasselrig, right? He's he, a three-point takedown in two pass rushes. He had three of them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't, I'm not going to see that dude anymore. Hey, th- th- thanks for the highlight reel, pup. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, yeah, man. So, yeah. So, I mean, I look at it and – there's good I think they should be the eliminated. So thin. I don't think yeah, you should. I, I do. do too. Yeah, we've eliminated all these other drills. We've eliminated Oklahoma's. We've we put guardian caps on guys so that they can't feel the impact on the helmet and everything else. But yet you're going to go into a joint practice where you can literally put the rest of your body at risk. Your head will be fine, but the rest of your body will be at <laughs> risk, <laughs> especially from people swinging helmets. You know, <laughs> especially if they take the helmets off. What's the point of the guardian cap at that point? You know what I'm saying? I mean, for one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. You can't hit me in the head. I don't have a guardian cap on. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Could you, you, will, you imagine you one of those guardian helmet. caps without the helmet? How, oh, how yeah. stupid would you look? Well, you, 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 well, who, who, who would you be? What, what, what's your boy from the Flintstones again? Oh, Fred. Oh, the great, oh kazoo. the great kazoo. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the great kazoo. I was like, Hello, dum dum. <laughs> I think we laugh more on this show than anything. My goodness, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah no, but you got to have fun, right? You right. got to have fun when you're talking about these things because I think you know it, it takes it brings some levity to it, and you kind of realize at the end of the day, you know, it's sport, it's something that's fun, but yet there is there is that that physical aspect of it. There's a physicality involved with this sport, but you got to be able to laugh because in training camp, that's what you had to do to get through. When days were tough, when days were not ideal or it was hot or it was rainy and you're like, no, we still got to get this work in. And, you know, you, you, you kind of find that type of, not to say it's comfort, but because obviously we don't seek comfort here uh, if you're associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you, you find the levity in the situation because you it, have it creates to. those experiences. Because if not, all, you, all you're going to do is cry and nobody wants to see you cry with your shoulder pads on. We are not seeking comfort. We are seeking scuffly. All right. Yes, next up. We are scuffly a, a scuffly bunch of dudes. <laughs> all right, next up, I'm going to put Max on on the line here, all right? Why I'm going to and I'm going to ask him why 3 quarters equals a dollar, well, a dollar backer maybe in 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 the new math today, right here on SNR. Let's go play some ball. Always talking black and gold football on SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Well, one of the things we wanted to discuss in this period, as I put it to Max, was why three quarters can equal one dollar, and that happens to be if it's a dollar backer, and what three quarters or three safeties is really doing for the defense. Max, I ask you, how can three quarters equal a dollar? Well, the dollar would be uh, Terrell Edmonds, and then you'd have DeMonte Casey and Minka Fitzpatrick. That is your three quarters that make one dollar. Um, you've got to have those individuals in there. And, yes, this is football math. It's not supposed to make a lot of sense for the, um, for the math whizzes out there or the mathematicians by trade. Um, but when you look at the Steelers and you're thinking about how are we evolving – the defensive schematics how are we presenting matchup problems for the opponent and 
that's one of the things because because offense is always designed to to find and exploit uh, disadvantages, right? Right. You want to see what disadvantage they have to make it an advantage for yourself. And I think that's been the conundrum, right? When you go to 11 personnel, three wide receivers, one running back and one tight end, you're like, okay, somebody out here doesn't fit on the defense. One of these things is different from the other, right? <laughs> which one is it? <laughs> yeah, which is a linebacker on a slot or a, you have a corner on a tight end of some sort, that nickel on the tight end, and there's some type of mismatch, whether it's speed, whether it's height, athleticism. You're looking for how do you equalize it. So defenses are always trying to figure out ways to eliminate those or mitigate those as much as possible. <coughs> and so, <coughs> what, sorry about that. Heimlich. Terrell Austin. We're going to have to Heimlich. Yeah, exactly. We're okay. We're okay. It's okay. Just, just water. But – when, when you look at what Terrell Austin has kind of come up with, and you know, we don't know if it, it was a brainchild of him, Mike T, and Brian Flores, or just Terrell Austin's kind of f- philosophy right. or something that was passed on, but they've instituted kind of the three-safety type of look into the defensive schematics because when you have a guy like a Terrell Edmonds that can play up against a tight end but can still run with a slot – that presents something. And then also, if they're getting into run situations or they, they, you know, they motion into it, yes. he can now fill in the box. Yes. That, that adds a different dimension. Because normally a nickel by trade is your Arthur Millette types, right? right? It's your Cam Sutton types that we as the body type. So that guy necessarily would not go in and fit as a linebacker. But you, you, you throw a strong safety down there that has the size of a Terrell Edmonds, now all of a sudden you get something a little bit different. I kind of talked about this the other day. Dayon Buchanan was that kind of guy for the Cardinals and then for the yes. Ravens mm-hmm. um, for a while where he was more linebacker than safety type, but he had the build of a safety. And I think when you start looking at it and you start playing around with it because of the prowess and the ability that we've seen from DeMonte Casey since he's been a part of the team and in tra- and training camp and even in games, you're like, hey, man, this, this guy is, is earning an opportunity to be out on the field. He, or he deserves a shot at playing because his skill set dictates that. But you only have two safeties by trade and a base formation. So how do we create something? Well, good thing, teams are playing more sub personnel. Teams are using more wide receivers. They're using different combinations. You're not lining up an I formation every single play. You're not using two tight ends every single play. So now we can get a little more creative. We don't have to send out the nickel every time. We don't have to send out a dime, you know, when when they go to four wides and five wides. Um now we can utilize a guy who could be in sub situations and run if it is a plat pass or a play action type of situation or screen that can run that 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 can go with whatever we need on the field and now you're starting to get these type of situations and that's where I think you come into that dollar backer role and for Terrell Edmonds that now gives him a different position something new a little bit more flexibility and latitude but also you you're covered on the back end you don't sacrifice losing him to allow Minka to kind of rove, and now you have this center fielder playing by himself, and you don't have anybody in the box, and the guy in the box is going to be thrown underneath regardless. Now you can say, hey, you guys have to try and get past what, we, what we're going to defend in the air, plus you also have to worry about a ferocious pass rush. So I think it's something that you look at it and, and you say, hey, how can we be more creative? And I think this is, this is right now, this seems like a really good solution and something that I can't wait to see kind of, rear its face as we get further into it and we get into more competitive situations in game because I think it can be a really, really good thing because 
when you have depth, and we talked about this earlier, when you have depth, you could try a lot of different things because you have trust in the guys behind those frontline guys that can also do some very creative things. And that's simply what DeMonte Casey is saying. I'm a starter in waiting. I have a skill set that needs to be on this team. And now the team's recognizing that and trying to do what they can to make sure that they give everybody an opportunity, A, that's deserved it, but B, you're confusing the offense. Now it's the extra thing they got to study during the week. Dang it. Oh, man. Now we got to count safeties in the game. I, the worst case was having to count the shell. Now I got to worry about the shell plus one. That, that just confuses offensive linemen, you know, and that, that would be a frustration of mine. And I remember even the Ravens back in the day. Do, do you remember that, that, that the three up the middle overload blitz they'd use with Ed Reed? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was one of those. They run a 4-2 wide, which means you have two defensive tackles lined up over the guard. So the center's uncovered. Then you have two outside linemen. You'd have a ba- two backers in the middle and the nickel. But then the safety would be single high because the other safety is over the slot. And then the safety would start to creep down and have a lower window. And then they would send all three up the middle, loop the defensive tackles out, and drop the defensive ends in the coverage. It's crazy stuff. That's Rex oh Ryan all God. the way. Oh, that's Rex Ryan all the way. That, the schoolyard blitz yep. where everybody's standing up, walking around. And oh, you can't the muddle huddle. Right. Yeah. Oh, I hated that. But – but that's, the, that, but that's what the Steelers are now creating for teams. When you have three safeties in there, you don't know which one's going to blitz, and everyone can be anywhere. Now it gives Minka more free range in Rome to go around the field and kind of pick and choose where he wants to be. So it, it's just one of those things where defenses evolve over time, and we're just blessed and fortunate that we get to see it, and we also have the personnel that could possibly accomplish it. And I think one of the keys to it is the fact that you do get a DeMonte Casey. You do get a guy who, you know, uh, let's see, he started 34 games over four seasons with uh, Atlanta and Dallas, right? He had 40 snaps versus the Jags and five tackles, and he dropped the ball carrier on two bad uh, two plays like uh, – uh, two runs of of two yards or less. I mean, you got a guy like that who you know what he reminds me of. I got a small dog. All right, I got I got Toto. All right, yeah. got, we used to have Dobes and now we went small dog. And but but Toto doesn't understand how small she is. She doesn't back down when we had our De- our our, our uh, Doberman before he went down. Jake. All right, Jake would be yeah. like you know so much bigger. Than Toto, she's just a little. Uh, she's a Shih Tzu, and I have to be very careful with that. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's yeah. a it's a part Shih Tzu and Shorky and uh, whatever they call them when they mix. But the point being, a Shorky, that's it. So so she doesn't understand. She's just a little little ball of, of fur, right? And you got this big Doberman, but she'd hold her own all the time because I think in her eyes she was as big as Jake. You know, and that's what Demonte yeah. Casey's like. He does, he's only five eleven, a buck seventy four, but he throws his body around in the in the box like he's King Kong, Ged Zooks, man. You know, I, I love it. He had five tackles against Jacksonville. I mean, this guy is is you know a terrific run stopper, and you put him with with uh, Terrell Edmonds and Minka. That's a neat package of three dudes that can stop the run and play the pass. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that's the thing is is when you have these skill sets and you have these talents, you want to be able to utilize them. And that, that's what creates even better, you know, uh, competition amongst your team. But also it gives that, that defensive coordinator a lot more latitude to, to, like you said, go Rex Ryan on people, right? Yeah. Come up with something crazy, you know, and, 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 and see if it works. And if it works and everybody's on the same page, 
then you've got something special. Now teams can't combat that, or they have to take extra time just to plan for that one type of look or personnel grouping, and now they've taken time away from what they do bread and butter because they're worried about the exceptions. And that's one of the things I think that that's very creative from that perspective. And I like seeing it because, like you said, DeMonte Casey is a guy who does play, who does things that you need him to do. Like you said, he can drop guys. But we also know that Terrell Evans can go meet you in the hole as well right. and say hello in a very, in a, in a very uncomfortable manner. Uh, <laughs> Mika yeah. Fitzpatrick now can, can roam and field, and you put that ball in the air. You throw, you throw a little bit of something that might, that might walk and talk like a duck in the air. Yep. He's now the guy that can go up and get it. So it just you have that that personnel that just allows for that to happen, and I think that's a cool thing to have. You know, it's funny because you got Darrell Edmonds. You know, he had tackles. He had five tackles too down in Jacksonville, and he he, he stuffed the runner for runs of zero, one, and three yards. I mean, that's that's really good stuff considering the fact that you have a team or a defense that you're trying to overcome having given up basically five 200-plus yard rushing games last year, 198 versus Cincinnati for the sake of journalistic integrity. But the fact is, yeah. you, you you know, you were dead last in the NFL in stopping the run, and now you, you come up with a three-safety um, personnel grouping that I think – Maybe this is something that can really do a lockdown here or certainly be prominent in the defensive plans, and especially when you start to use Terrell Edmonds moving around. But DeMonte Casey is a guy that uh, he's deceptively powerful. I mean, that guy – remember when he took down Evan Ingram? On that one-on-one fourth-down oh, yeah. tackle that gave the ball back to the Steelers and then went and scored? I mean, that was that yeah. was sensational. Evan Ingram's a pretty big dude. No, Evan Ingram's a, a tall dude and a very big dude, but like you said, it, it, it's the it's the Shorty versus the Doberman. Yeah. You know, it, it's like, it's like listen, I'm not backing down. I believe I'm a big dog, so I'm going to act like a big dog. As 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 it says, fake it till you make it, right? Right. <laughs> right. Fake it till you make it, and and, and that's that, that's what that's what's cool because you're not giving up anything, right? When you see those moments where players play bigger than they are. You're not giving up anything because this guy's going to go toe-to-toe. He's going to climb the ladder, uh, even on a taller defender, and they have no fear in their eyes. And, and, and that's, that's something that eventually led us to a victory, right? Right. Because it had those guys blinked or had they flinched, you know, like Cam Hayward was talking about, I relish the opportunity. They relish the opportunity, and they take that identity of their leader. And that makes, that, and that makes your team even that much better. And there's some pride there. There's a lot of pride there. Right. This team did not have a standard that they're used to and last season it was very un- uncharacteristic of the Steelers. And when you're talking about how you view them, they didn't have a good rush defense here. Well, they want they want to write that. And d- guaranteed, Cam Hayward reminds them of that every single day when they go out there. And you see that come out in their play. And as we start to see the full complement of guys start to play and we get into regular season, I expect that to be a different scenario. And having three safeties in there that can be in your sub – so you're not susceptible to the run um, is, is a very good sign of that. You know, by the way, I would be remiss if I did not mention that the Steelers uh, picked up Elijah Riley, who's six foot, two hundred five pounds of safety. He started seven of the Jets' final eight games last year. He spent one and a half years with Philly before that, and he's played strong, free, and slot nickel cornerback. And uh, you know, come, he comes after Carl Joseph went on the IR, and of course they released Donovan Steiner. Uh, as a result, but this is another guy that uh, you know seemingly is one of those uh, guys that could he be a dollar backer or is he you know one of those guys that uh, is like K- Casey like you know he's not 
that big, but he's certainly bigger than DeMonte Casey. So it'll be interesting to see. It's a package that I think is really good for the Steelers in the 11 personnel, just like you're talking about, because you're going to have the same elements up front, but the back end gives you a little more flexibility and a little more run-stopping power, as far as I can tell thus far. Well, they have a type. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have a type that they're looking for. And when you're talking about, about Riley and, and, like you said, his versatility, just named four different positions he can play, that's what the NFL is now. Right, you're looking for those hybrid, versatile combo type of players to come in and fill needs. And like you said, in a pinch, you could put him at a different position. But by design and schematic, you want him to just be him and just fulfill a lot of different roles on the field, whatever we say on any given play, but he could stay out there on the field. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing. And you, the success of having DeMonte Casey and, and Carl Joseph before he got injured. Carl Joseph was another guy that probably would have figured into that three-safety yes. rotation uh-huh. because of his physicality. Remember, Carl Joseph was jumping off the screen yes. you know, in practice. He was making plays. He was thudding guys up. He was batting balls down and, put, and making it tough on the offense. The offense couldn't operate when he was out there. So I think now you, you see that and you see what Casey offers. You're like, hey, we want just one more guy – we need four safeties anyways. Why not get two hybrids behind our starters? I think it's smart. I really do. I, yeah. I also think that's that – I think when the Steelers re-signed Terrell Edmonds that this was probably prominent in their gourds thinking, you know what, we got to get him back to do what he does best, and that is being in the box, being that hybrid uh, linebacker, that dollar backer, what, what have you, being that guy that could be the Ferrari of uh, hybrids that would be Mike you know, Hilton esque. Yes, Hilton esque. Oh, Hilton. You know, that's I like that. That's kind of like you know Hilton hotels and their top notch and stuff mm-hmm. like. That. What's your favorite hotel? Now, 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 now we're seeking comfort again. Yeah. No. Well, uh, hey, I'll tell you what. It's not Spring Hill Suites. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I love them. Oh, don't you, you dare! Do. No. Don't you no, dare! I, that's my place, I, man. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a Marriott guy. I'm a Marriott guy. I mean, you know, uh, I was a Weston guy for a long time because my brother worked for Weston. Um and oh yeah, you so, but yeah, but I've I've switched over. I'm I'm a, I'm a Marriott guy by trade now. Well, I'm, you know, I here's have what we do with them. I get my man Dom. He he'll take care of you. And Kevin from out there, the Spring Hill Suites, they're the best place out in Latrobe, Latrobe, not Latrobe, Latrobe. You know, and then next year for training camp, you'll be all hooked up. You'll love that. Awesome. Well, hey, as long as long as long as I have an actual single bed that actually is form together that I can actually lay on and not between two of them, I'll be happy. <laughs> All right. Next up, Sunday's fun day. Steelers-Lions on Sunday. So, what are Max and I looking for in this last preseason game? We'll let you know. Come stay right here on SNR. Black and gold football lives here 24-7. You're listening to SNR. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Sunday's fun day. What better way to wind up a preseason than you got the Detroit Lions coming in? It's going to be, what, 425 kickoff at uh, Acrisure Stadium. On Sunday, right. there we go. Yeah, I got you know, I, gold star, gold yeah. star on the day for Wolf. We're, we're cruising, baby. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention about Elijah Riley, the most important thing, he went undrafted out of Army, but he was at West Point 2020. How about that? That you so know, that means I called a, I called a game that he was in. Did you really? 
Were you? Yeah, because I, I I used to call um, Conference USA and they played UTSA every year. And okay. Year I, I I actually went to that physical game during COVID and called the Army UTSA game. You know what's funny about that is is West Point is well as they say about the cadets. Uh, that play football there. Football practice is like the easiest thing they do all day. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's West Point's a pretty, pretty tough place. And it's amazing that school, um, they, they turn out some awesome, awesome men and women there. It's a, it's a cool place. But anyhow, welcome Elijah Riley. Meant to go back in that. Okay. Sunday, fun day. What are you looking for in the preseason wrap up, the final game before things get real? All right. Do you want me to go with the obvious or you want me to go with the less obvious? We can go with whatever you want. All right. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if you offensive line to do better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, <laughs> I think that's obvious, but I'm not yeah, sure. Hey, yeah. You said, you said, hey, whatever you want to go. I was like, all right. Well, yeah. I'll go with the path of least resistance. Right. Uh, let me put offensive this. Line let me ask better. you this. Okay. Yeah. We got offensive line. But. I want to see guys confident. They know who their wingman is. They know who the mic is. Okay? Communication, right? I mean, yeah. that's something we can put down on that. Okay, so communication. We'll say communication and uh, free help responsibilities. Does that, that, that sound that's, Okay, yeah. That sounds we're, good. We're going to pare it down. Okay. Wingman, okay, but I mean, but what's if a guy knows that the guy's next to him? I mean, but the guy has to actually be there. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, it's helpful (laughs) to actually be there. (laughs) Yes, helpful to actually be there. Um, You know, I I think the other that that I'm looking for in this game is uh, the fast start again. We 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 talked about at the beginning of training camp before we got into these preseason games. Uh, We we received it. In the Seattle game, we took a step back in the Jacksonville game. So I want them to get back to the fast start. Because once again, you can't harp on enough. We're going to talk about the defense and and the run defense from a year ago. Let's talk about the fast start offense from a year ago. Only 37 points generated um, in the season, in the regular season and postseason in first quarter play. That's not going to get you anywhere in this league. That's not going to get you victories moving forward. And especially with the, the schedule that you have, you've got to be able to show that you can get off to fast start. So fast start has to be another key in this game that I want to look for. And that's something that's going to present itself right after the kickoff. You know, early in the game, we're going to be able to see if this, if this offense can operate um, and get down the field consistently. Because like I said, we love the fact that Presley Harvin has a great leg and can bomb balls and have 5.0 hang times and it goes 60-plus yards. I like having it and not needing it than to need it and not have it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, I'm glad he has it. I don't want him to use it. Um, right. I want us to be an offense that's efficient, getting across the 50, getting into scoring range uh, whenever they want to versus the war of attrition and praying that some, some big play happens. I'm in full agreement with you. The one thing I'll say about that since you brought up uh, – uh, you know, the punting game and everything else is special teams. Okay, the special teams are important. You know how it is. When you come down to the last game, a lot of the last guys, the bubble boys, you got your chance to make it on a special team. Who's going to have the big hit? Who's going to block a punt? Who's going to take one to the house, you know, on the kickoff or punt return? Those are the things that I'm kind of looking for. Who makes the big splash, the big tackle, those are – that's kind of like the – you know, one of those things that just unfolds as the game comes off, you know, and it, I'm looking for that guy. There's always that guy. What, who's I think Patrick Bailey, was he in your time? 
Remember him? Oh, yeah, Pat Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Pat Bailey. Now, he had big, big, you know, uh, special teams in the last game and everything, and it went a long way for him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, even Clint Crewalt back in the day, yeah, right? Yeah, there's another. You know, yeah, I mean, Sean Morey, when Sean Morey came over yes, to us. there's another. You know, I mean, so those are guys that – that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those diamonds in the rough, and they usually show themselves in this last preseason game because the sense of urgency is there, and you also know this is the last opportunity I get to put tape out there. Right. So I've got to make an impact. I've got to make it tough for the current team that has me and also show up so that the other teams around watching this film notice me. So it's that delicate balance, right, of being seen and heard but also being wanted <laughs> at the same yes. time. So, so this game is going to be really important for that. That's a great point about special teams. Now I'm going to throw one more. Continue to hone down the run defense. Yes. Continue to hone down what your defensive line rotation is within that, what guys' strengths are, and continue to figure out how this, how this is going to shape up, who's going to be you know, our, our defensive line rotation for the season, and what are we doing as a unit to shore up the run defense. And I think one of them is – Three quarters equal a dollar. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that's one of the things. Yeah. Larry Ogunjobi is the next thing. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Devin Bush. This is this is a big game for Devin. It's for a lot of guys. And I hate to point out one guy. But, you know, it's something we've been waiting for is to see him regain that splash that he had before. And I, I hope this is a great opportunity and I hope he takes advantage of it. Yeah, it is, because Mark Robinson's on your heels. And Mark yes. Robinson has gotten some snaps with the first team this week um, with Devin Bush dealing with, uh, I think it was an ankle injury. So, Something like that. Yeah, we might, we, we might see 93 in with 51 or 41 um, early in this game, which, Our, he's, he, which, he's, which he's deserved. Absolutely. Okay, we got to go. Max, I will see you on Sunday. And here we go, Steelers. Here we go, baby. 425 at AccraSure Stadium. Be there or be square. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at VisitCalifornia.com.